Welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Fight less, feel appreciated, and have a deeper connection with your spouse. And now your hosts, Shachar Erez and Ziv Raviv. Hello and welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Hi, Shachar Erez. Hi, Ziv Raviv. I'm so excited to have David and Julie Bullet here today with us. They are the authors of the five core conversations for couples. Uh, they are all the way from Washington, D.C., and they have some, some quite an interesting story and background. Um, David, you, you are uh, actually a divorce lawyer, uh, and Julie, you, you are a family and marriage, li- you're a licensed family, family and marriage uh, therapist. Hello, guys. Hi, David. Hi, Julie. Hello. How are you? How are you guys doing? We're good. Thank you. Great to have you with us. Great to be here. Magic of technology. Yeah. So uh, thank you for, for taking the time. We know you're always busy uh, between uh, you writing your next book and, <laughs> and uh, with uh, all the things that you do. You have all, like, uh, like Facebook Lives that you arrange and, and help people. So I want to start by you just telling us what is this idea of of having core conversation for, for, for a couple, for people that are in a relationship. Why is it important to have core conversation and what is it in, in, in general? Well, so the five core conversations, if you think of, we talk about, you know, we're all in a relationship that are, that are on this, that are speaking right now. And you think about the areas where we as couples have our most challenging times and have the most issues that arise during the course of our relationship. And so what Julie and I did was we tried to look at those five areas and then we built this book around those five areas. And, and w- what we landed on is, is sort of the, the building and filling of your relationship, the early part, which you need to do to, to establish and build your relationship and maintain it. And that's the first section. Then we have a section about about parenting that we call parents and partners. We have a section about finances that I borrowed from an old OJ song, Money, Money, Money. And then we have a, a, a section on sex, which a little bit of a slip of the tongue we call bumping and grinding. And the last section, which is we call it's a balancing act. And that, and that focuses a lot on not only the we part of our relationship, but also the I part and how we balance between what we do together and what people can do together and what they ought to be thinking about doing separately. Beautiful. You know, I'm a couples therapist and almost all of the couples that call me, that reach out, they say they have uh, communication issues. So, you know, this is really important. Yeah. And then at the end, so there's the the five core conversations, which are sections, and there's a a couple chapters in each of the sections. At the end of the sections, we have something called couples kickstarters, which are questions about what we've talked about in the uh, previous conversations. And that's designed if you want to, um, as a couple, use them to talk about difficult things. And um, we're hearing some really great results with you know, people that have, you know, sat on the, sat on the beach or sat on the deck with their partner and said, Hey, let's, you know, let's talk about a few of these things. And we just felt like it would be a, a, you know, less formal way to bridge the gap. We don't want to put you out of business um, because I'm in the same business you are, but it's a, it's a good place to start for a lot of people to be able to ask these questions with the couple's Kickstarters. Yeah, yeah. And I I get the joke, but we're really into helping couples. So less people come in and, you know, this is what this this podcast is all about. So thank you for doing that. 
But but David, I have to ask you. Uh, you you have been uh, you guys have been married for thirty four years. You have four daughters and and grandchildren uh, for grandchildren. And uh, but you've been practicing as a as a divorce law lawyer as a divorce lawyer uh, for so long. Does it ever happen that you feel like there's some some conflict in writing the book of some sort? Well, you know, I, I have to tell you that I spend so much time um, dealing with conflict and observing it and being a part of it, to be honest with you, because that's part of what I'm paid to do, that the idea of trying to put a light on that conflict and what I see in my office, and oftentimes by the time they folks get to me, you know, there's no, there's, there's no going to Julie or to Shahar to try to fix, fix things. So I thought it would, so, so to me, I think it's helpful. I think I, I like to think that, that what I see in my office, and if I can bounce that back to people who maybe are having struggles, mm-hmm. but haven't got, gotten to that point yet. I, I you know, I, I thought, and that's how I went into it because there's a, there's certainly a mental health bent to a lot of the stuff in this book, which is not my field. But when you sit at my desk and see, see folks for, you know, like I said, for 33 and a half years now who are looking to work their way out of a marriage, you see, you get to see themes and you get to observe things Mm -hmm. and listen to things that are often similar. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll, you know, there's, there's quite a few times where somebody will come in to meet with David and he'll say, you know, you guys why don't you go try some counseling first? Um, He's not always looking for people to get divorced. He, you know, he's kind of rooting for a marriage too, in some ways. So, you know, that's, that's a piece, you know, I hear that all the time from him where somebody comes in and, you know, he knows that the marriage really isn't over. He can, Tell that they're just coming in because they're angry, or yeah, I mean, I've had people come in because they had a bad week. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, she she made me cut the grass. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes he sends them back. You know, you got to do a little bit more work on the on the marriage before before we're gonna let you out. Wow, uh, that, that's quite amazing. Uh, and I understand you've got some feedback from your book, like that it really changed people's lives. Can you share a few? A few of those. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, my, our favorite one, and there's, there have been several reviews you know, that get posted up. Our favorite one, a woman said, had she read our book 10 years ago, she wouldn't be divorced right now or she'd still be married, which gives you, which gives you a good chuckle. But we're hearing a lot of really good feedback from people who are touched by the fact that we open ourselves up to a great extent in this book, but also that, that a lot of what we talk about hits home for people. Yeah. And we use humor a lot. We use, Julie is, is, particularly adept at looking for metaphors in in the world in terms of average everyday stuff that somehow connect to relationships and we we lean a lot on on those ideas and what and I think what not only what you yeah. come up with but you what you use in your practice yeah I think that people a lot of times really understand things better in a metaphorical way and so there's tons of you know most of the chapters in the book are are about metaphors whether it's you know, about, there, there's a metaphor in there about bumper cars. Do you guys know what bumper cars yeah. are? Like, you go to the yeah. amusement parks. So what I find sometimes in relationships is that we would not go out and drive the way we would in a bumper car, right? Like you would, your first of all, your insurance would get canceled, right? And you probably would be pretty hurt if you went around, you know, bashing into people purposefully. But I find sometimes in marriage and relationships that people are acting like they're 
driving bumper cars around and they say hurtful things and they're not, you know, they don't yield right away. They don't use their single signals. So I find, you know, I've used that analogy before for people, you know, just in terms of like your marriage is not like bumper cars. You shouldn't be acting that way. You need to take this, you know, with some rules of the road. And um, so I find for me, for me personally, as a therapist, I find that metaphors work very well and people like them and they can relate to them and understand them. That's why I call you the metaphor. Yeah. Beautiful. I I agree with that. Uh, Metaphors work really deep. How is it for you guys to to work together on 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 the on the book and you know on you do so much other work together? Yeah, um, it's yeah. Um, so <laughs> what's very very interesting is for me to see my name on a book is is really funny because I am a terrible writer. I have undiagnosed reading disability and definitely some ADD. So writing is painful for me. I'm not good at it. My grammar's terrible. My spelling is, is even worse. So I'm a terrible writer, but I have really good ideas. So he's a good writer. So how we- No ideas. Well, he has some ideas. He has some ideas. So really what we can to bring it to, into like a metaphor is it was sort of like a Rumpelstiltskin kind of thing where I would, you know, blurt something out. I would email him an idea, a concept, and he would like have to turn straw into gold and make it understandable, make it legible. And that's really how a lot of this book was written is, you know, me coming up with ideas and points and conversations that we've talked about. And then I give it to him and he has to rewrite it, make sense of it. It's those emails. You know, you ever get those emails that are, that are single spaced, no (laughs) punctuation, no paragraphs, and they go, and you got to keep scrolling down. They're the ones that usually you delete, or you, but I, I can't delete them because she sent them to me. But that, but but but, and I'll look at you, what in the hell are you talking about? And then I start reading, and I get past, and I start, and then I double space everything, right? <laughs> and and then things start to come together, and that's that's, and a lot of this book is based on you know, based on that, based on real convers, based on conversations that we have had over the years. That's yeah. how the the book started. To be honest with you, yeah. So it's true, a true collaboration. Like he couldn't have written this book without me and I couldn't have written it. I definitely could have written it without him. (laughs) Do you also use the book uh, these days uh, in some way in your practice? Yeah, I I do. I I try to be careful about, you know, how much I talk about it, but I've definitely had couples that I've said, listen, you know, this is something that I talk about in in, uh, the book that I I wrote with my husband and, you know, no pressure, but if you want to borrow a copy or get a copy, um, I think you'll, you'll find it helpful. So people have gotten it and it's, you know, it's, it's a very interesting thing as a therapist, you know, where how much you share and there's a lot of me in this book and a lot of interesting, you know, ways like we talk about our sex life in there. So then it becomes a little interesting about, you know, the next time your client comes in and they're, are they looking at you kind of funny? They know a lot about you as a therapist. So that's been very interesting, but I've always, especially with a lot of the parenting issues that, that I've, that we've personally had to deal with. I have felt that people really appreciate hearing, you know, when I talk to them as a therapist, I'm also talking to them as a parent that maybe has been, you know, has gone through some difficulties, you know, with, with their own child. And I think it's given me a real voice for not to be a preacher about to do a certain thing. I always tell people like, I'm going to share with you some things that you can try, but I know firsthand that they may not work. 
And I, you know, I want you to know that, you know, I personally have been through some difficult times with my kids and have tried different things. So I, I, you know, I think it's helpful. Yeah, I I think it's super helpful. Like we're all in the same boat. Even therapists go to couples therapy when we have struggles in our uh, relationship. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, w- I want to touch uh, specifically on the topic of balance, if that's okay. Uh, it's the fifth core conversation in your book. And it's something that I find to be extremely hard for uh, people that are very immersed into their careers, uh, even uh, specifically uh, people that are taking the entrepreneurship route and they're trying to build something that uh, never existed potentially or just being successful in business and going in business and to juggle in the middle of this uh, also your relationship and your kids and your family and yourself physically uh, this is hard what are some of the things that can that people can do that you teach and and talk about in your book well I think the biggest one I always start where whenever I work with a couple or an individual really about self-care and I find that you know you If you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of your family, your spouse, your partner, your kids. So for me, that's the first place I go. I just, I just got off the phone with a, a, a new client that I, I just got. And um, he talked about being a workaholic. And he talked, he's uh, in the real estate field. And he says that you know, his, his wife wakes up in the morning and she goes out running. And so she's doing the self-care thing. And he says, I wake up in the morning and I think about work. And so he came to the conclusion on his own, which is great, is that he's really spending too much time worrying about work and he really needs to shift the focus. So honestly, for me, self-care comes first before even the couple's care. And then I think it's kind of like layers, you know, self-care, if you're doing a good job taking care of yourself and then paying attention to being a couple. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I use the sports analogy when we talk, when we talk to folks, you know, there's the old, you know, there's no I in team, right? How many times have you heard that? Right. But, but, but in fact, when it, there ought to be, when you're talking about a relationship, because, because, you know, we've, and we have found it ourselves that there needs to be an eye. I, I need to have my friends. I need to be able to go and do what I like to do. And, and she's able to do what she likes to do. I need to be able to go for me that that eye time might be walking the dogs, might be sitting on my porch, having a drink, might be watching a TV show, taking a weekend away with my friends. Her eye might be different, but that's still, it still is there. And I think it makes you appreciate the we, if you're able to have both. And, and people do, listen, we live in a society, certainly where everybody is running. And that's why it's been an interesting, you know, interesting study, I think, over the last couple of months, certainly here in the United States, when people have not been able to run nearly mm-hmm. as much. But in, in the norm, you know, there's everybody's working. They're running our kids to school. We're running to child care. We're getting to work. We're grabbing. And, and it's more of a management of life rather than a living of life. Mm-hmm. And it really, I think, is important to to have people. Not only the you know the relationship right and and the us but also the outside part to make everything complete more complete yeah beautiful so so in your own life you can see correlation between your success in your relationship and your success in your business oh I think so I think absolutely for me yeah well for me a couple things I would tell you one is I We rarely fight. A couple of fights are alluded to in the book. I yeah. mean, that's how few it is over 30-some years. And for me, I have no desire to argue with her because I listen to arguing all day. And, and while <laughs> that may sound tiresome, it also you know, uh, allows you to gain 
a sense of appreciation about what you do have. So you come home and, you know, she does X, Y, or Z. I don't even know, you know, something stupid that in the main would not be that big of a deal, but it might irritate you. Well, it doesn't irritate me. And if it does, I just let it pass. So it, you certainly, you, you know, you learn to appreciate that. And also the fact that you're I'm happy at home, mm-hmm. I think makes me more skillful and more successful on the business side. If your home life is unhappy, let's be honest, if you're struggling, if you're failing, if you're having trouble at your job, mm-hmm. and this is more your, you guys, mm-hmm. but if you're having more trouble at your job, it certainly connects that you're going to, that you're going to be having trouble at home and vice versa. Seems to me. Apart from actually having those discussions on the balance side of things, on finding out the I, are there also like tips on make, making a change? Because some people, just like you mentioned, Julie, uh, they, they know they are workaholics to some extent, or they know that they need to shift their balance in some way. But where do you actually start except for talking and identifying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, so how how do you go about doing that? Yeah, and that and and it, that is the tough part because so many people could write the you know write the story so to speak and say, okay, I need to do this. How many people do you know that say I need to lose weight or I need to you know stop drinking as much or whatever? The doing part is harder. But I think if they can see a value in what they're going to get from you know, taking, you know, a walk in the morning before they start work or getting up a little bit earlier and meditating or something like that. I think they're, they're going to see some, some value. And there also needs to be on the flip side, some support from the partner. And I think this is where we've done a really good job. Whereas David knows I need my time and I know that he needs his time. And we've been able to, you know, listen, raising four kids wasn't, easy, you know, like we didn't, you know, we're, we're not super celebrities that had, you know, couple nannies and, you know, unlimited money. So, but he would know, he would know, okay. I remember he would like come home from work on, you know, five o'clock some nights and I would like leave, like I go to the CVS or to the grocery store. Not that we needed anything, but that was how I got my time. It's the wide load check. Yeah. So we have a chapter of the book. Sometimes you have to be the wide load. If you think about on a highway, right? You're driving on a highway and there's this, there's this giant truck in front of you, and the big sign in the back says, wide load. And then next to the truck is sort of a pace car that's keeping an eye or a car out in front. And sometimes you just got to be the one that's getting pulled along. And other times you got to be the one that's out front and making sure that that wide load doesn't, doesn't crash. Yeah. And, and, and that's another one of Julie's analogies yeah. but, but, or metaphors. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I want to wrap up with one more topic, if you don't mind, because you do mention also the silent treatment in the yeah. book. Oh, yes. He loves the silent treatment. That's me being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. Worst. Well, well, well Worst. We, want, we want to uh, explain what it is and uh, why, why is it very risky and, and, and hurtful in a relationship? So let me tell the hurtful part. Yes. And you can talk about the mental health risky part. The hurtful, there is nothing worse to me than the person that is your partner and they won't speak to you. Whether you do something wrong, whether you didn't do something wrong, whether you think you did something wrong, that is the worst feeling in the world when you walk in the room and they go the other way, they look at you and glare at you and put their head down. You say, so what are you gonna do such and so? And there's no response. It's just a, it's just a terrible feeling to be on the receiving end of, of that. And we do talk a lot about that in the book. It's hurtful to the person that you love and it makes them feel terrible. 
And so now you shift. I mean, that that's the hurtful part. It just right. makes you feel bad. To me, it's it's no way to to try to maintain a healthy a healthy one on one relationship. It just isn't. It's mm-hmm. not good. It's not good for you. It's not good for the person that's doing it to you. Yeah. And I, you know, as a therapist, I think that it's it's powerful. And sometimes people feel like that's the only way that they can have power in the relationship is either to shut down or ignore. So there's a power issue there too. But you know, if it continues to be a pattern, what happens is things just kind of get shoved under the rug, right? And you don't talk about them. And not that everything needs to be talked about all the time. I mean, there in in this book, we, you know, we talk about we we have like timeouts for for conversations, things that when you get so heated, you should not be talking about them because you know the words are coming out ugly or whatever. So yes, there are times when you should just table the discussion or table the fight and then come back to it when you're in a in a better frame of mind. But we see you know, patterns of people using the silent treatment consistently. And I think it's, I do think it's a destructive pattern in, in a lot of relationships. Yeah, I mean, I like to say no, no conflict was ever resolved with silence. Yeah. And that goes from couples conflict yep. to family conflict to governmental to all the way, all the way up. Silence does not solve conflict. Right. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. It actually creates it comes out of helplessness and creates a, a shame a cycle, and yeah, it's quite toxic actually. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, we want people talking. That's the idea of the, of the book and and what we're doing and how we're trying to you know promote people to talk about hard things. And sometimes talking about hard things starts with talking about easy things. Right. So nice. baby steps sometimes, right? Nice. Wow. I, I, you just the. Uh... Made me really want to read your book. Guys, where, where, do we, where can we find your book? The book is on all online platforms, on, on Amazon, on barnesandnoble.com, on uh, Kobo, all the online, electri- elect, you know, all the online platforms. It's, it's, it's for sale in most, in most bookstores, independent bookstores, if they don't carry it, um, can grab it. So, so most of us, like me, I like to hold on to a book, and, and people who like to do that can, can grab, them, grab them online or go to their bookstore and say they want it, and they, they should be able to get it there if they don't have it in stock. We have our website, um, www.thebullets.com. B-U-L-I-T-T-S, Bullets. And, and um, so they can order the book through that site. It directs them to, directs them to uh, Amazon or yeah. one of the other online booksellers. Yeah. And uh, again, guys, uh, the, this is the five core conversations for couples by David and Julie Bullet. And uh, this has been... Really uh, interesting to reveal some of the wisdom and golden nuggets in your book. And uh, I think it's uh, so important to have those conversations. And you just gave uh, some metaphors that, that help understanding why. And I know that in the book you go very personal and vulnerable and, and reveal some very personal uh, hardships that you went through in your lives. And I want to thank you for, for, for doing that and for helping people in their journeys. And I understand you even are working on, on a new book uh, these days. So once it's ready, uh, let us know and we'll help you. Uh, we'll come back it. on and talk about that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We'd love that. Thank you guys for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. We appreciate yeah, it. thank you. Thank you for coming. This was great. Thank thank you, everyone. And uh, see you next week on the Generous Marriage Podcast. Bye-bye.
，拜拜。